you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 300th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is clearly yesterday's epic Patriots-Steelers game, where the game of the year actually exceeded expectations. Doesn't often happen like that. And it did Exceeded expectations because this great, great game had an even greater ending. It all really got going with uh, two-minute Tom Brady taking the Patriots down the field and hitting Rob Gronkowski over and over again for 26 yards, for 26 yards, for 17 yards. Then Dion Lewis ran it in from eight yards for the go-ahead touchdown. And then Gronk did it again on the two-point conversion, putting on a sweet move and being basically all alone in the corner. Let's keep in mind the Steelers had a chance at a pick on the first down of that drive, but didn't make it happen and went through Sean Davis's hands. And right then you kind of knew they were going down the field because if you give Tom Brady a second chance, he always cashes in. As for Gronk, He had his all-time career drive, and he was as animated as I've ever seen him. I've been watching him for years, up close and personal, over at Gillette Stadium. And again, I've never, ever seen him so animated. I think there was a couple factors. Number one, he's coming off his suspension. Uh, And the game he missed, of course, was the game where the Patriots got run over by the Dolphins last week. And also, he went to high school in Pittsburgh. He grew up in Buffalo, but actually went to high school in Pittsburgh. So, sure, he loves to perform in that town. Uh, he has quite a history versus the Steelers. And, uh, but the Steelers, it was right there for them. He got the ball back with slightly under a minute to go. And on the first play, Ben Roethlisberger hit Juju Smith-Schuster on a crossing pattern, and he took it. 60 or so yards to the inside the 10-yard line. Uh, it was a surreal play and that he seemed hemmed in by the sidelines. It would have been a typical 15, 20-yard gain. Good start to any potential game-winning drive, but then he just blew by the Patriots' defenders on the sideline. Next thing you know, he's cutting in, makes it all the way to the 10, and then the fun really started because the next thing you know was the now-famous Jesse James' catch, which was ruled a touchdown to start with, but then was overturned. And uh, 
that led to another uh, short pass play where um, it didn't get the job done. Receiver was in bounds, and then uh, and then came the final play, basically, uh, which was Ben throwing into traffic. Uh, the ball getting tipped by Eric Rowe and intercepted by Deron Harmon of the Patriots. And that was it. Ball game. Patriots were ready for that kind of a play. It reminded me and many of Malcolm Butler's game-winning interception in the Super Bowl a few, few years back. Just had the same feel and look to it. And uh, But the Steelers, they look great. Let's keep in mind that they lost the best player on the field who isn't a quarterback in Antonio Brown in the first quarter. Uh, literally the number one game changer in the NFL. And he basically didn't play. Uh, hobbled off the field. And the alert breaking news came. He went to the hospital, which didn't sound good at all. A lot of people were probably thinking broken leg, torn ACLs, out for the year. But in the end, it was for the Steelers. As good as the news as they could have hoped for, and that it's a, a torn, partially torn calf muscle. So he'll miss the rest of the regular season, but apparently will be ready for the postseason, especially if the Steelers get the number two seed and the bye week. So just an awesome, awesome game. My bizarre story of the week is the Rams blowing out the Seahawks in Seattle, uh, 42 to 7. We simply haven't seen this in forever, anybody blowing out the Seahawks in Seattle. And it feels like all their injuries finally caught up with them in one game. Well, the Rams finally proved they are a good team to be reckoned with. And you got to feel that they simply weren't willing to take it anymore from the division's big dog. Other highlights yesterday, Jimmy Garoppolo, last-minute game-winning drive. Had to love that. And uh, being up here in New England... We watch Jimmy, now 3-0, very closely. My low light of the week was Aaron Rodgers' return not going as expected. So they are probably not going to run the table because uh, they needed to start running it yesterday. and It didn't happen, so question will be, should Aaron Rodgers play the last couple games if they're not going to make the playoffs? And my event of the week was covering Greg Norman's QBE shootout at Ritz Tiburon down in beautiful Naples, Florida. Uh, great weekend last weekend. Uh, sunny, a little chilly, but sunny. Uh, it's a really feel-good tournament. Uh, pairs of where golfers, pairs of golfers team up. And it just is a very upbeat atmosphere, great field. Sean O'Hare and Steve Stricker won it, uh, beating out uh, Graham McDowell and Shane Lowry on Sunday afternoon. Uh, lots of notable teams, Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele, Jason Duffner, Billy Horschel, Brent Snedeker, Bubba Watson. Kevin Chappell, Kevin Kisner, Daniel Berger, Gary Woodland, Brian Harmon, Pat Perez, Tony Finau, Lexi Thompson, Russell Henley, Kyle Stanley, Charlie Hoffman, Zach Johnson, and Harris English, Matt Kuchar. So star-studded field and just a terrific, 
terrific tournament to watch. Uh, again, a feel-good atmosphere. The Ritz is a beautiful, beautiful place. Ritz Tiburon. Walking around there on a sunny day in Florida it was spectacular. Players signing autographs. Uh, Greg Norman participating in the trophy presentation and uh, very loose convival atmosphere down there. I had gone down last year as well, and it was just uh, really terrific, very well done, very professionally handled. It was uh, on NBC over the weekend, so it's a tournament with a lot of juice. It's almost like a bit of a mini Ryder Cup with the team play. And uh, players are relaxed. The galleries are good. But yet there's still opportunities to interact and talk with the players at the tees, what have you. And again, the autograph area coming off the 18th green was really, uh, really just uh, fun, fun atmosphere. Players were gracious in dealing with the media, especially... uh, you know, especially uh, the two top teams uh, interviewed first, right behind the green, where uh, were the two Irishmen, Graham McDowell and Shane Lowry, and then Sean O'Hare and Steve Stricker, again, both very, very gracious and accommodating with the media. They were thrilled to have won the tournament, and it was uh, close to the very end. Went down to like the last couple holes and, uh, you know, just really as good as uh, a golf tournament as you can get. But most importantly, it's just different. I cover a lot of golf tournaments and uh, this one just has a different feel. And uh, so hats off to Greg Norman, who has clearly just put together a, a wonderful tournament. Lots of other activities surround it over the weekend. Uh, There's like a 5K run, there's uh, concerts, um, very well marketed with all kinds of uh, tents sponsored by big names right outside, uh, right beside the 18th green outside the clubhouse is a really cool fan area where you walk through and all types of uh, vendors and marketing, uh, people offering the various service, so it is just really very well done. And uh, again, hats off to the organizers of the QBE shootout. Uh, just a great take. And, and the other thing is, is that Christmas is in the air. And, you know, the decorations and whatnot at the golf course, at the resort, are truly spectacular. And uh, so just a really, really enjoyable weekend down there and just great to cover it so why don't we take our break and next up will be our weekly call-in expert ap stedham of bama magazine so don't go anywhere Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby, to join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, great, John. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, bowl season is upon us, hard to believe. And... uh, we kind of got it kicked off with a, a number of bowl games over the weekend, uh, highlighted by probably the biggest names that faced each other, which was Boise State doing it again, giant killers, beating Oregon 38-28 in what had uh, a fairly entertaining game. And, uh, and now we're off and running, AP. Uh, you, of course, will be all over the Alabama-Clemson Game Part 3, New Year's Day down in New Orleans. So you must be getting excited. I think I read or heard something maybe that that, has Alabama already left for New Orleans, or did I hear that wrong? No, 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 they haven't left yet, John. I think it's actually the 27th day around, I believe, because I'll be there on the 26th. Okay, that's what I figured. I, I, I was surprised. I was surprised because it just doesn't seem like they would get down before Christmas. But they will be going down next week. And uh, so you're heading down the day after Christmas? The day after Christmas, I'll be in New Orleans for a week, John. I'm looking forward to it. It's always a great time. And uh, I always uh, have fun in the Big Easy. Oh, yeah. Everybody does. And I'm sure you do as well. Uh, not, not to mention New Year's weekend, right? Oh, yeah, New Year's weekend is going to be something else because the fans will be coming down from Alabama and uh, South Carolina. That's the 29th is a Friday, so they'll be heading into town. And then New Year's Eve is on Sunday night, so that'll be wild, I'm sure. <laughs> Quite. There's uh, Yeah, the timing is great. I hadn't really you know, thought it through, but, yes, it's it's a weekend with a – 
Monday night game, which happens to be this year, New Year's Day. So, yeah, geez, you don't get any better timing than that. And then you factor in that fans of both schools can basically drive there fairly easily, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, no problem for Alabama fans. It's, you know, anywhere from, let's say, three to five or six hours. And in Carolina, it's probably, I'm going to say, eight, nine hours, something like that. Yeah, well, that is really going to add a lot to it. It's going to be fabulous. I mean, you covered, I remember, on what I think might have been New Year's Eve. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, the Ohio State-Alabama game, the first year the CFP ever came into being. Uh, and that yeah. was a spectacular game, and I'm sure a spectacular weekend. So repeat performance. That works, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was a, quite a ball game. Uh, Ohio State, they're one of the few teams to run over Alabama. That uh, Elliott had the 200 yards, and Alabama couldn't stop them. I think Ohio State put four uh, games together with 200-plus yards rushing. And the, and the unsung hero of that championship team was the offensive line. Yes, exactly. They were great. And then uh, that was also the the legend of Cardell Jones. Uh, so that, which was amazing. The third string quarterback who I remember correctly, won the big 10 championship plus the game we're talking about Ohio state, Alabama. And then of course the national championship game, uh, over Oregon, Oregon, Marcus, Oregon. That's that's right. Yeah. Oregon and Marcus Mariota. I was at that game. Unforgettable to say the least is again, Zeke Elliott, that's that's when you knew that he was something special, was that playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. And he had that game in Arlington of all places, right? And uh, and yes, being his home good point. right now. Little did he know. Cardell, oh, yeah. Cardell Jones, I, I'm not even sure where he is right now, to tell you the truth, John. Well, I, I know for a bit, for a time, he was with the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> not exactly what his status is right now either. I know he tweets from time to time, but uh, just not sure exactly who, if anyone, that he might be with uh, in, in the NFL. But, uh, hey, he'll always have that three-game run. Uh, can't ever take that away no matter what's, you know, what his football career is, is uh, looking like today. No, he's a shooting star. He was up in the, up in the sky and fizzled out quickly. But like you say, how many people get to be in the sky and star? So exactly, take that away from him. Oh yeah, no question. It's uh, you know everyone should be so lucky. That's all you have, <laughs> all you have to say. Uh, so I have to ask, AP, you 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 live, of course, down in Alabama. So what's uh, what's the mood now that you had you know? A uh, couple of weeks to sink in to, you know, realize, hey, we're in the CFP, we're in the Final Four, and what's been happening the last couple of weeks, Alabama-wise, both with the mood, the team, everything. I think uh, Alabama fans, John, they're hoping that the linebacking core is healthy, and some of the linemen, which I think they will be. There's only a couple of players that won't be returning. The safety, Hootie Jones. And Sean Dion Hamilton, the linebacker, but everybody else should be back in that football game. And as I started to review the matchup, one name that keeps popping out to me for the last two years, Hunter Renfro. I mean, John, he has 14 touchdowns in his career, 
four against Alabama. That's 28% of his touchdown. Uh, he has 180 yards out of his 1,588. That's 11%. And then he has 132 receptions. He had seven and 10, 17 receptions against Alabama. That's 13% of his receptions. <clears throat> I'm always uh, taken back to the <clears throat> excuse me, time when Nick Saban came to the podium when he was announced as the Alabama coach. And his goal was to have the other teams fear playing Alabama, and he was trying to get them to quit. Well, I'm telling you right now, when Hunter Renfro saw that they were paired up against Alabama, the only thing on his mind was a big smile. Really? Wow. Interesting. I mean, with, with those, yeah, with those type of statistics, uh, no one will ever forget him and how he's played against Alabama these last couple of seasons. And when you see him, you know, he's 5'10", 180 pounds, uh, you, you just don't figure that he's going to be a force against the number one defense in the country. But two years in a row, he's done the job. He's caught the wing touchdown last year right in the goal line in that famous pick play. Uh, yep. So at Alabama, I'm interested to see if they can – slow him down because he had a season high of 10 last year and then in the year before he had a season high of 7 catches against Alabama uh, both for two touchdowns so Alabama needs to really watch him. I don't I don't think the receivers from Clemson are as good as they've been in the past So, uh, but I don't think Alabama's cornerbacks are as good John so that'll be an interesting matchup between the Alabama, um, Alabama cornerbacks and the Clemson wide receivers Yes, it'll be a great matchup, and uh, Renfro is a slot receiver, a la Wes Welker, correct? Yes, they, they move him around. He's very good, excellent hands, runs throughout. He has that quickness. Uh, I'm not sure he's the fastest man on the field, but he definitely possesses the elusiveness and the ability to get open on the routes. Exactly, and but Alabama has Minka Fitzpatrick back there, correct? Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, All-American. I think he made every single team this year uh, unanimously. So uh, he's quite a player. Since day one, he stepped on the field at Alabama. He's been terrific. And he won the Jim Thorpe Award. And he won the Chuck Bednarik Award for the Defensive Player of the Year. There's only been three people who have been so honored. There's Charles Woodson and Patrick Patterson. And that's the last time Alabama had a Jim Thorpe Award winner was 1993, Antonio Langham. And the Bednarik Award winner for Alabama was last year, Jonathan Allen. So it's back-to-back. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of which, that reminds me, were you at the college award show down in Orlando? Um, Atlanta, John. And I was Atlanta. In Atlanta. Sorry. I sure was. I sure was. I saw uh, Mika there. I spoke with him. Uh, J.K. Scott was up for the Ray Guy Award. Those are the only two Alabama players in attendance. Uh, I got a chance to visit with them, and then J.K. was explaining to me the differences of when you the ball was kicked high in the air and in the distance, and and what he does against certain teams and how they they scout. Believe it or not, because you, you don't want to have your your, your pump blocked. That's a crucial. Uh, error in the game it could really lead to the other team uh, winning but uh, we had a good conversation with JK and Mika Fitzpatrick so and it was it was nice to visit with Mika because he is an, a Philadelphia Eagles fan and he won that Ch- the Merrick award 
Oh, perfect. Yes, Chuck Vignerick, famous eagle, to say the least. Uh, so how is that event down in uh, Atlanta? And I it used to be in Orlando, which is what made me think of it. I actually was staying at a hotel in Orlando, Coronado Springs at Disney World, when, lo and behold, the very night I was there, they were having that award ceremony. And uh, by total coincidence, I did, didn't even know in advance. And then... Uh, and then... Uh, they moved it, of course, to Atlanta. College Football Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, College Football Hall of Fame. It's a great setting. Uh, they have that on uh, Thursday evening. We, we have a chance on Wednesday to visit with some of the uh, people in contention for the awards. Uh, so I was there all day on Wednesday and Thursday. It's a two-hour show on television where the announcements are made, the All-American team from Walter Camp. Uh, Walter Camp Player of the Year, Jim Thorpe Award, Chuck Bednar, Coach of the Year, and just one after another, and so a lot of people from the world of college football attend. Absolutely, everybody, everybody who's anybody is there. I mean, when they pan in, when the camera pans into the room, it's just like you seemingly recognize practically all the faces. It's you know, and the only ones you don't are family members of the athletes themselves with coaches, whatnot. Uh, it's just great theater. So good for you. I'm so glad you made it there. And uh, yeah, in Atlanta, that's going to be the site of the CFP college football playoff national championship. Uh, and so that's going to be awesome as well on Monday, January 8th. Uh, here's hoping that you end up there as well. Yeah. I'd like to be able to see if Alabama can, uh, win another championship, and oh, oh by the way, uh, John, other other awards that that night were the Maxwell Award, the Doak Walker, the Outland Trophy, the Davey O'Brien, the Lou Groser, the Blitnikoff. Uh, I mentioned the, the Ray Guy, and and uh, but it it was just a really fantastic. And you know, John Mackey, the Remington, the Warfel Trophy for Community Service. Uh, they had the Disney Spirit Award. I, I really enjoyed that moment because that was presented to the University of Iowa football program, and I'm sure many people have seen that story where the hospital was, uh, was overlooking the stadium, and before the kickoff, the entire stadium gives a wave and shout-out to all those young people trying to get healthy. So I really, uh, was glad to be there, and I spoke to Coach Ferenz after that was uh, uh, given to him. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I watched it. Uh, I've seen it a few times, but... Most recently was the uh, Penn State-Iowa game that Saturday night back in, I believe, October. Great game. And, yes, it was Saturday night game, so it was just like uh, the kids wait all day, probably all week, uh, for their those Iowa games. And it's basically the greatest new tradition in college football. It's only two, two three years old, if that. Yeah, right, and I hope. I'm sure it will continue. I asked Coach Ferentz about it, and I think maybe the two saddest words in the English language and maybe the two happiest words are children's hospital. I mean, it's... Correct. That's Good a, point. That's a sad, a, sad, a sad word, but yet they have it, so it's uh, in the dual, dual purpose. No question. Well, that sounds just terrific. Um, well... I'm just, again, so glad you made it over, and uh, 
And then just as we close out the first segment, uh, the biggest award of all wasn't that night, but it was soon thereafter, which was, of course, Baker Mayfield. Deservedly winning the Heisman, I, I, I think this was a slam dunk by the time we got to Heisman night. And uh, and he handled it well. I thought he was very gracious. Yeah, he was. John, I had a moment to sit down with him in Atlanta, and he's what I might call a rascal. I mean, you can right. see how people gravitate towards him, and he, he does have that Brett Favre personality, and he plays just like him, I think, or that. And even the way he flips the ball on his release, and he's kind of built like a slightly smaller version, but you can understand why he's a, a leader of that football team, even though he has those sideline antics. That is great that you got to visit with him, and the very, very good description. It sounds exactly what my perception of him would have been. So, good for you, AP, and... Uh, Again, glad you had a chance to meet the Heisman Trophy winner. That's terrific. And, uh, well, we have a lot more to get to. Uh, we've just scratched the surface as bowl season is underway here. A lot of games coming up, uh, to say the least, in the next two weeks. So it's going to be incredible. And uh, But why don't we take our break now, and we'll start breaking down some of these games on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we were talking a little uh, college football Bowl season getting underway, and you, of course, are going to be at the first semifinal or the semifinal on New Year's night. Day night, New Year's night, actually. And uh, thank you. And 
The other game, the first game that day, is going to be the Rose Bowl semifinal at 5 p.m. Eastern time, which, of course, is uh, Oklahoma and Heisman winner, winner Baker Mayfield, who we just discussed, versus number three, Georgia. And uh, so that should be a great game as well. Uh, Having this sequence of games reminds me so much of that debut year of the CFP, where, of course, it was Florida State and Oregon, Jameis Winston and the crew back uh, three, four years ago. And now we're back around to that same loop, Rose Bowl, followed by Sugar Bowl. Uh, So what are your your thoughts on uh, Oklahoma versus Georgia? Well, John, from Georgia's perspective, if they're not able to move that ball and keep Baker Mayfield on the sideline, it's going to be a long day for the Bulldogs. Now, everyone realizes that they have three good running backs, and the freshman quarterback has played exceptional, especially in the SEC championship game. So Georgia's going to have to win this game on offense because that's going to be their best defense. Uh, you know they're strong with they got they got different types of running backs too. You know they can come at you with some speed, some power, and then their quarterback he's able to make all the throws. I mean when you watch him in the SEC championship game, he made a few on the sideline, really outstanding. So they they need to really be efficient on offense. They can't have too many three and outs because Baker Mayfield has a month to prepare, and if he could still keep in rhythm, uh, they put on the points. I mean, they can really light up the scoreboard. And so Georgia has a good defense, but they're, they're really going to have to rely on their offense to be part of their defense, I think, or Oklahoma will run away with it. Yes, good analysis. I, I agree. Uh, how do you think Kirby Smart, who you know well from his days at Alabama, how do you think he's going to fare on the national stage? He was, it was. I was surprised to see his excitement after the uh, SEC championship game when they beat Auburn. I, I've, you know, we've all watched him for many years on the sidelines, and I never saw him act like that, and deservedly so. It was good to see. Yeah, John, uh, that's one thing in these championship games. It's critical for the coaching staff to uh, not be tight. Because if they are, it's reflective in their team's play. So Kirby, he got excited when they won the championship, rightly so. They had been hammered over at Auburn in the regular season. They came back to win the game and return the favor and and stop a hot Auburn team with Jared Stidham. So how was Kirby going to coach in a a championship-type setting, semifinal round, of course, but... Is he going to be loose with his play calling? I mean, when I say his play calling, he doesn't actually call the plays, but will he let his offensive coordinator let it let it fly, or are they going to play it so close to the best? I don't know if you can do that against Oklahoma. You've got to be willing to take some uh, calculated chances. Correct. No doubt about that. Uh, well, it's going to be a great, great night of football, and Uh, You're going to be lucky you'll be watching that Oklahoma-Georgia game in the press box at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, I'm assuming. Oh, absolutely. I want to catch some of that ball game because I I like to see Baker Mayfield against an SEC defense. Correct. Yes, uh, that'll be great. No doubt about it. 
Well, there is another game that day, <clears throat> speaking of Auburn, as we just were, where uh, Auburn in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta is going to play at 12.30 p.m. on New Year's Day. University of Central Florida, undefeated. Uh, American Conference representative, a conference you and I have both covered and love. And uh, it's going to be great. Uh, Scott Frost. Now, Scott Frost, the coach who basically took them from an 0-12 team to a 12-0 team, remarkable, uh, in two years. Uh, he's coaching, right, before he moves on to Nebraska? Is that correct? I, I, it's been a little back and forth, but it seems like that's the plan. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, it's an incredible right. turnaround. Uh, I got a chance to speak with him in Atlanta. He was the uh, coach of the year, so he looks forward to moving on, but he wants to honor his commitment to these players. They have an undefeated season thus far. They're playing an SEC team. They're highly motivated. I don't know if Auburn uh, is in the same place mentally. They're returning to Atlanta, the site of their last defeat. And when you're playing uh, a team outside of the Power Five Conference, sometimes the players are lackadaisical and think if they just show up, they'll win the game. But they better be ready because I think Central Florida is one of the top, if not the top offense in the country. Yes, well, Central Florida, I mean, in addition to the obvious undefeated record, they played two of the most exciting games of the entire year in their last two games, which was the conference, uh, the weather traditional rivalry, the war on I-4 when they beat University of South Florida on a spectacular kickoff return after South Florida had taken the lead. And then a week later in the American Conference Championship game, uh, same thing, one late against Memphis, I think the final score was like 62 to 55. It was just a tremendous game. And, you know, so I think it's safe to say University of Central Florida got the nation's attention in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, John, in this day and age, if you can go undefeated, it's very difficult. We, we saw that, uh, you know, very few teams through the years have been able to accomplish that feat. And Central Florida is one of those teams. I mean, Wisconsin all the way down to the last game was undefeated. Couldn't couldn't win in the, uh, the Big Ten championship game. So hats off to Central Florida. It's too bad they're losing their coach, but he's going returning to his alma mater. And uh, I'm sure it will do fine. Be, be great to watch the Nebraska program in the next few years and see if there's a resurgence under Scott Frost. Right. Well, as we discussed a little bit on the show in recent months. Uh, I was there when the Scott Frost train left the, left the station in Lincoln, Nebraska. I went to the Ohio State-Nebraska game on October 14th. Nebraska got blown out. The next day they hired a new uh, athletic director and on a Sunday afternoon, that's how tough everybody was taking that defeat. And Listening to Nebraska Talk Radio that Sunday afternoon, October 15th, the only name I kept hearing was Scott Frost. And <laughs> so they were, they were on a mission, and they sealed the deal, and good for them. And bottom line here, though, the way I see it, what I like about this whole story, in fact, he's coaching the bowl game and whatnot, I just thought he handled it. He, the school, 
everybody, Nebraska, UCF, Scott Frost himself, have all handled this beautifully. I mean, it's just, you know, Nebraska and UCF, I guess, tweeted each other very polite, complimentary statements. And don't you wish they all could be this handled this well, AP? I mean, they're all acting like adults is the best way I could say it. John, you just echoed my sentiments. Why is this not the normal protocol when coaches are changing teams? Yes, it's 180 degrees from how Brett Bielma exited Arkansas, right? I mean, you know, the game ends, he's let go, and then walks into the locker room and tells his team in what I'm guessing was a matter of 10 to 15 minutes. So, you know, bottom line, you know, these coaches and players, they established a bond. And everybody understands the situation, especially the, the, the hometown Nebraska boy returning to his native state who is in severe need of exactly what he brings to the table, which is a dynamic offense, among a whole lot of other things. And it just is, again, just it should be the, the new standard for as many of these coaching transitions as possible. Sometimes... It's understandable that it just can't happen that way for a variety of reasons, but it seems like a whole a whole lot more could happen this way than than do, because this is, feels like a first one ever that's been handled so professionally. John, you see teams copy offenses and defenses and uh, styles of play. Or why not the transition of coaches? I don't I don't understand. I mean, everybody is looking for a polite and efficient way to make moves, why not just write a playbook for this this type of thing? Yeah. It, it, it's just called everybody's taking the high road. You know, this is, you know, a big boy sport, to say the least, multi-billion dollar industry. There's tons of coaching changes every single year. You know, Nobody should be surprised, offended, or anything like that. It's just the way the world works, and, you know, everybody's just moving up the the ladder. And, uh, again, I I guess the ultimate vote on something like this would be if you could get get a real genuine gauge of how most players on teams would vote. If they were to have a vote, like, do we want our coach of this past year and, you know, perhaps more – to coach us in the upcoming bowl game, or would we rather just see him move on to his job? And something tells me uh, many of them would vote to keep the coach through the bowl game. That would be my guess. Who knows? Tough to say. We're talking young kids here, but that would be my guess. Certainly in Central Florida, that was the case. I think that would have been unanimous to keep Scott Frost there. Oh, oh yeah, I think, uh, John, I would say, I I would venture to guess maybe 85% of the players would probably be in favor of a coach staying and, and finishing up the season in the bowl game. I know a lot of them are hurt, but this is the real world. You don't get to have the same scenario every year. I mean, they'll find that out when they, when they start to enter into the workforce and, and, uh, you know, professional football and those kind of things where one day this person is your, uh, teammate the next day he's your opponent correct you said it perfectly took the words right out of my mouth where you know not to in any way sound insensitive but you know 
for 18 to 22 year olds, generally speaking, uh, you know, these are the ways of the world. It's, you know, college is about education. So it's a, a good slice of education to get because that's the way the world works. So AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our uh, segment, but we have one more final segment to do. But before then, let's take our final break. We'll talk a few more college bowl games after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for the appointment viewing is tonight's Falcons-Bucks Monday night football game. The Falcons need a victory to stay in the playoff hunt. Uh, very important considering how close they were to a Super Bowl victory last year. So uh, it's going to be a great game. And John Gruden is going to be inducted into the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. I like John Gruden. I think he just does a great job on Monday Night Football. Good personality. And uh, so I think it's going to be a fun game to watch from down in Tampa. And... uh, so, AP, getting back to college. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I'm anxious to see how Julio Jones performs since you know him well from covering Alabama. Tonight's, uh, you know, tonight's put-up time for the Falcons. They've been sort of up and down all year in the wake of the Super Bowl collapse. And, uh, you know, tonight they simply have to win this game, period, if they want to have any chance to go back to the Super Bowl, period. Yeah, John, I think it's always critical with Atlanta this year if you can get Julio Jones involved because then the defense has to sway towards his direction and then maybe somebody else opens up as the game progresses. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
I happen to have Julio Jones, my first pick in the fantasy drafts. He's been on my fantasy team, and I, I don't think anybody has had more of an up-and-down year than him. I mean, I don't think he caught his first touchdown until a couple weeks back ago for the year. And then he had an absolute monster, monster game a couple weeks ago. And here we are. Uh, you know, and that's part and parcel, of course, with Matt Ryan. But, you know, I don't think anybody really has a handle on this Falcons team. But the night has arrived for them to once and for all show up. Or they're going to fall back into the long list of Super Bowl losers who had bad years the next year. The Super Bowl hangover, as everybody calls it. So we shall see. Should be interesting. But uh, anyway... Also interesting should be other bowl games on New Year's weekend. And let's start with the December 30th Fiesta Bowl, Penn State versus Washington. Um, Should be fascinating. I mean, uh, Penn State, when I think of Penn State and Saquon Barkley and how hot they were and how it all fell apart at the hands of J.T. Barrett and his Fourth quarter comeback at Ohio State, followed by the uh, loss, last second field goal loss to Michigan State the following week. And, you know, that's a game that was delayed three hours or so by lightning, where both teams went back to the locker rooms. All the fans emptied out of the stands. And to a large degree, Penn State and Saquon Barkley haven't been heard from again. I mean, Saquon Barkley, I think it's safe to say when he returned the opening kickoff against Ohio State uh, that 99% of America would have have said that just sealed the Heisman. I know I did. And boy, I couldn't have been more wrong. And I think I have a lot of company. Yeah, absolutely, John. He's a dynamic player. I I think Penn State, they maybe view this game as a redemptive situation because it yep. didn't end well the regular season, and I, I think they have more firepower than Washington. And uh, But the Huskies will, will battle them, and it'll be a nice ball game to watch. I think it will be. I think it will be. And, uh, you know, in Penn State, to their credit, after those two harsh losses, they did come back uh, and, you know, ran the table, <laughs> won the rest of their games. So, yeah, Washington was in the CFP last year, quality program. So I think it'll be a good game. And, of course, every Penn State fan uh, is going to be strongly reminded of 1986 when Penn State won their national championship out at the Fiesta Bowl, beating Jimmy Johnson, Vinny Testaberti in Miami, the famous game where Miami came off the airplane wearing camouflage and uh, the last-minute, last-second interception in the end zone by the Penn State linebacker, Giftopoulos. And uh, great, great trivia fact there. Not everybody would know that right off the top of their head, but <laughs> one of the great college football games ever. It was, uh, there's actually a show I watched about it recently, and, uh, yeah, the way that pairing was put together. So, yeah, every Penn State fan is going to have very, very fond memories of Penn State in another Fiesta Bowl dating from 1986. Uh, so, yeah, that was great stuff. And another, you know, you mentioned earlier, Wisconsin was undefeated. 
Another team, yet again, just so hard to go undefeated, uh, and they lost in the Big Ten, ruining their undefeated seasons. So now they're going uh, down to Miami. Good reward. They deserve it for the season they did have to play Miami again December 30th. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to be uh, that should be a good game. You know, both teams ended in disappointment. Miami got throttled by Clemson after losing to Pitt the week before. Uh, and Wisconsin, what can you say? They had a great season and then uh, ran into Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So both teams have a lot to play for to end it on a high note. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that wasn't Donna Shalala the president of Wisconsin? Now she's the president of Miami. Did I? Is that correct? She's definitely the president of Miami. I, I I'm not sure about about the Wisconsin part, but I, I it certainly sounds quite possible. Uh, but yeah, she's definitely running the show down there in Miami these days. Yeah, I, I had her connected to Barry Alvarez of Wisconsin, for some reason. But you, you, out, but. Could very well be right. Um, But yeah, that should be a great game. Um, I'm sure tons of Wisconsin fans will take advantage of the timing and the weather to head down to Miami for the Orange Bowl, which is simply always a great game. There's just no other way to say it. Who doesn't love the Orange Bowl, right? No, it's a nice setting. It's an excellent stadium. I've been there for the championship, Alabama-Notre Dame. Those people do a fantastic job. The Orange Bowl committee... Uh, yeah, really had a good time. They hosted the event in Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll bring a lot of fans, and in Miami, they'll uh, they'll put on a good show as well. But I, I look for I, I don't know. I probably look for Wisconsin to win that game, John. I tend to think you might be right. They're uh, a, a great team. They truly had a great season that. I think has flown a little bit under the radar. Didn't get a whole lot of respect from the CFP throughout the year, but we're finally poised at the very end. They did get to the Final Four, if I remember correctly, leading into the Big Ten Championship game, but uh, I don't think anybody was shocked that they didn't beat Ohio State, a formidable opponent, to put it mildly. And just finally, you know, speaking of Ohio State, and we're down to about a minute here, uh, final bowl game to discuss, Ohio State at, versus USC in the Cotton Bowl. That'll be a great one as well. John, isn't that something to hear Ohio State play Southern California, University of Southern California in the Cotton Bowl and not the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I almost like said Rose Bowl by reflex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, had to, I, I just did a double take. What, the Cotton Bowl? Are you kidding me? That doesn't seem yeah. right. No, no they, they have a, a fantastic game. I mean, those two programs are legendary and traditionally play on January 1st and I think that'll be a fantastic game. Uh, Southern California, they're still trying to rebuild that team, I believe, to a power. I mean, they won the conference but they're, they're trying to get on the national stage again and in the discussion to be one of the college football playoff teams of the Final Four. So I think it's critical for them to have a good showing against Ohio State. They ventured to the Midwest this year Notre Dame trounced them and then they had to go to the Palouse of Washington State and lost as well but I think it's pretty important for University of Southern California to to win that game very no doubt about it AP great job as always today and now I'm really excited for the upcoming bowl games and 
going to be a great couple weeks, that's for sure. So it's going to be fun for all of us. Bowl and holiday season go hand in hand. So enjoy. Yeah. uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family, John, and a happy new year to everyone listening. And I've really enjoyed it and look forward to the next time. Same to you, AP, and thanks again for joining the show. And thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next. Actually, that make that uh, post-holiday. We'll see you all in the next year and have happy holidays. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.